There's a B, um, there's a yes, there's a no, there's a yes. And somehow we piece together that the spirit that's contacting us through this kind of frenzied cup motion is a woman or a girl. Can you tell me anything about yourself that would make me recognize you? The glass keeps being pushed over to me. Is this one of our names? Um, somebody asks if they're trying to contact me. Do you watch It's a yes. Yes. I don't, I still don't understand how it happened. I just... I don't, I don't like where it went. How would you feel if the other side were reaching out to you? How would you rectify the experience of embracing an unseen force, trying to save your life? When alone, an outcast of this realm, or when in communion with friends surrounded by love, when a cold palm breaches shadows and thrashes towards you, do you grasp for it? Do you accept this invitation from a phantomous helping hand? Do you let it help change your life? This is Euphemet. I'm Jim Perry. On this edition, stories of connection and insight beyond the veil. Later we meet Mary, her crystals, her past, and her guardian angel. But first we join a DIY seance in a Chicago apartment. On this night our host invited friends and family, and as it turns out, not all were alive. Do you remember who you were when you were alive? Really, if you think about it, if you're opening the door to a spirit realm, does, does like, saying we, I need you to be harmless and I need you to be good and kind have anything to do with it? No, it just if, if a door to another world was open things would just charge in We are welcoming spirits to our house only tonight so please leave us peacefully and we wish you all the best if everyone can just say thank you Thank you Thank you, thank you. Thank you. So, as most things that I try to plan these days, this definitely starts with a group Facebook message. Kelsey and I are thinking we're going to hold a seance tomorrow night. Don't know why. 
but you people seem like the most seance amenable of the folks I often see. Are you into this? Question mark, question mark. Hi. Hello. Sorry, it took me so long. Oh, it's okay. You're not that late. Sorry. You show up with beer. I remember old Rasputin beer, which I think is really funny because Rasputin is a terrifying ghost. And that is absolutely not the person that I want in my house. I settled on Rasputin. But I do like that beer. So I'm conflicted. I feel like I'm in host mode a little bit. People are drinking wine and it's fine. The room smells like a lot of candles. I think that's one of the more both stereotypical and like appropriate routes that we went. Cause like, you're gonna call spirits. You have to light a lot of candles. I take like an Indian tapestry type thing. I tack it to the ceiling. So it forms this kind of like canopy tent utter thing. It compresses the space and makes it more kind of fort-like, which is something that's really comforting to me. So then underneath this drooping canopy ceiling of fabric, um, we put pillows in a circle and um, in the center put a mirror with candles on it. Um, And then Uh, a board just a wooden board (laughs) because we don't have a Ouija board we make little cardboard tiles with letters and numbers on them and arrange them around the board and with with a yes and a no on opposite ends too and then we have a shot glass as the dial so we do a chant spirits from the past visit upon us, I think is a simple chant that we can all say together. Spirits of the past, please visit upon us. 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 I'm feeling spirits of the past, um, please visit upon us. Really present. Spirits of the past, please visit upon us. 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 Very slowly and joltily, it starts to move across the board. We're all kind of frantically searching for meaning in these first couple letters. I know there's an X, there's a B, um, there's a yes, there's a no, there's a yes. And somehow we piece together that the spirit that's contacting us through this kind of frenzied cup motion 
is a woman or a girl? Can you tell me anything about yourself that would make me recognize you? The glass keeps being pushed over to me. Is this one of our names? Um, somebody asks if they're trying to contact me. To the rush. It's a yes. Yes. I don't, I still don't understand how it happened. I just... I, I don't, I don't like where it went. I certainly do not direct the glass here, I will say in retrospect. The board, or the group, or the board, or whatever is happening, seems to be seeking me out. I do feel like there are a lot of, like, ghostly presences in my life that I think about a lot, and this person is one of them. Are you the original She's this weird nebulous ancestor that I kind of found on my own and then like corroborated through research and the thing that I know about is that she's from the Isle of Man. She died of cholera in her 20s which is technically like an illness that has to do with food issues. What's your name? What's my name? We have the same name. That's like the biggest similarity. She has a message for me. And it all centers around eating. say is a very direct, forceful um, message to me about the very, very, very budding potential eating disorder that I was battling at that moment. Are you, are you worried about me? Is, it, is this what I'm supposed to do for you? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm being forced to admit something, and I don't really know if this is something that um, one of my very close friends on the circle is engineering. I feel like no matter who it is or what it is, it's nice because it, it actually gives me kind of a momentary release. I've been a little... 
But it also puts me in this place where I feel like, okay, I'm sitting in the circle of people. I'm wearing like this tight black dress and um, we're all talking with a ghost about my body and how I need to eat more. I do not feel good about it and I feel really embarrassed. And I feel I don't know if I want to pull myself out of what's happening and just like disengage or whether I want to lean into it and like let whatever is happening just run its course. So I send on her way and so she comes and she goes. <laughs> Thank you. Very Something definitely happened with all of our hands on the glass and like all of our voices doing a chant. It might not have been paranormal, but it was, it was not normal and it was special. But I also feel incredibly, incredibly uncomfortable that I was put on display, that I allowed myself to be on display, and I still don't really know how to reconcile that. And then people start fouling out. I immediately put away all the things that are on the floor. I put the pillows back on their chairs and couches, and I pick up all the candles and I dismantle the board. I take all the uh, cardboard tiles and I put the cup in the dishwasher because it feels safe there. There's this like giant, like canopied space in my living room with all this burned wax. And I totally don't want to be in this space alone right now. I feel like the space is so heavy all of a sudden and so scary. It's so scary. Oh, it, it just feels really, it feels really strange. I do what I can and then I retreat to the other end of the apartment, my end of the apartment. I close my door and I just, I kind of shiver. The story you just heard was produced by Mickey Capper. And for more on seances and the tools used to perform them, join our Facebook group, The Society of Euphemet. Uh, right now we have a fascinating interview with uh, spirit device expert Brandon Hodge, in which we're discussing right now, plus much more. Next, we look into crystals for guidance here on Euphemet. ever felt isolated 
even in the company of others, like you are completely alone while in a room full of people, then you know how it feels sometimes to live in a new city, or with a disconnected family member, being the weird one with uh, pink hair. It can be a harsh realm and one full of heartache, confusion, surprises, and plenty of opportunities for growing, for learning and healing and listening for those whispers, guidance from the other side. in that corner by the hardware store and the second car was thrown across the street and was heading into my window it was this much from my window and it veered to the side and went in there where there was no people and amazing now it's Saturday morning you don't see it but this is one of the most busiest streets that there is there were no cars, there were nobody waiting at the light, there was no fire trucks, there was nothing. She was able to get across the street without killing anybody, without even hurting anybody. It's a total miracle. And the police at first were very stiff and I said, I'm taking her into my store, the driver, because it's calm in there. If you notice, it's calm in there. And it got to a point where they used to say, go in the store, go in the store. <laughs> the person driving the car went in your store? Yeah, she had to go because she was freaking out. 21 years old and she was freaking out. And so we thought, okay, come in my store. You don't have to freak out. And it worked. It really worked. Did she hurt all? Nobody. think that was a miracle? It's very, it's, it's, I think the angels came here, picked up the car and put it there. <laughs> and um, could you, well, what is this actually? What are we in right now? You're in a crystal shop. It's pretty empty right now because it's empty. Every I bought three weeks ago. I bought this huge amount of rocks, and everybody's buying them. <laughs> Every, you know, somebody came in and said it was trendy. Oh, spirituality is trendy. Okay. What do you mean by spirituality? Well, it means to me, people coming in looking for a way to make their life more pleasant. 
So religion doesn't do it. Religion is, it just doesn't do it. And spirituality does. Where, where do, I'm curious about where the crystals fit into it. Like what? They're healing crystals. People are using crystals to heal now. You know, pick up, okay, let's do this. I know it doesn't go on the microphone. Give me your left hand. Okay. Well, you're very intuitive. Huh. Are you intuitive? I think so. How old are so. you? I am 28 going on 29. Okay, you're going through a very tough period right now. It's called Saturn Return. Okay. And it's universal. Everybody goes through it. Huh. And it's a couple of hard years. And when you hit 30, everything starts to fall into place, things you wouldn't believe. Oh, my God. You're so hard on yourself. You're hard on other people, but not like you are on yourself. You got to lay off a little. Huh? Get ready to start crying. No, but it's true. You got it. You gotta stop when you start that, and you gotta stop. You gotta say, is it right, or am I being paranoid, or am I being crazy? You know, crazy doesn't mean certifiable, it means just thinking wrong, you know? Be careful of that. Actually, when I was seven, I was walking with a friend, and what I saw in front of me was, uh, you know, honeycomb, iridescent honeycomb ribbons. That was the whole sky was like that, the whole atmosphere, almost like a fog. And I didn't know what it was because I was seven years old. And so I was saying, well, maybe it's evaporation, but evaporation is, is I knew it was invisible. And I went on, didn't know what to do. At the end of the story is my friend's mother didn't let her play with me anymore. Why is that? Because it was crazy that I saw things. things sometimes that I'm not supposed to see. I've got the blessed curse and the curse blessing. I can see, I can see. What can you see? I can see what a person needs, what a person's going through, what's happening to them. And it's called psychic reading or I'm, I'm a medium. One thing that really stuck out for me is there was a, a photographer in the art show circuit that I was on with my artwork, and he used to come over to me and say, read my hand. Every time he saw me, read my hand. He had had a stroke at three, and his, his arm was up and his leg, but he was the cutest thing in the whole world. Anyway, one day he put his hand in front of me, and there were no lines whatsoever, and there was just a star, and I didn't know what it meant. And I kept saying, things are coming to a, a, a conclusion, things are happening, you know? 
Three days later, he had another stroke and he died. And that's what the star was. Did he, he wasn't able to see the star? He, yeah, he could see the star. The lines were right there. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He said, look, look Wally, there's a big star. I don't know what it means. Has that ever happened again? Have you ever seen that star no, again? No, I kind of push it away. I don't want to see that. I don't want to have to handle that. Yeah, but I don't know if I sound like a nut. No, no you don't. A lot of people that are psychic or begin the psychic route see too much. Then. Is it ever scary? It yeah, scary. scary. Sometimes very scary. I was going to Grand Central Station to go home, and I crossed an ordinary street. There was no, no cars, no people, no nothing. Again, nobody, because it was dusk, and it was Saturday, and it was New York, and nobody comes to life until 11 o'clock. And so... I was just walking, and all of a sudden, this cab was coming at me, and I stopped. I was thrown across the street when the uh, cab was zeroing down on me, and I froze, and he was a man. He was skinny, very skinny, he is all dressed in brown, and I couldn't see his face. I just turned like this, and that's what I saw, a glimpse, and threw me across the street, and he looked like a man. That's why I turned around to say thank you. And you know he's wearing brown? He was wearing brown. That's the all, all I could see, brown suit and a brown hat, and I didn't see his face. It was just... It was a very strange moment for me, too, because he was saving my life. He ended up being my spirit guide, and he's laughing. But he's here now. <laughs> yeah, he's laughing. And it happened a few times. Uh, the one time that I saw an angel, it was the same angel. Um, it was my spirit guide. I was coming down Crescent Heights, and my car stopped. The light was green, and my car stopped. And it felt like somebody else was, was driving. And it looked like the same guy, but I didn't see too much. And so what happened is I'm stopped at a, at a green light and not going. And on 3rd Street, a car comes, and the man is having a seizure. And the passenger is trying to get his feet off. And it wouldn't go. If I had continued with that green light, I would have been dead. Because no sooner did he pass when there was big crashes and everybody was running. And so it ended up in a big accident. But I was sitting at a green light, not moving. Did you ever give a name to the, the man in the brown suit at all? Yeah. I asked him his name and he said, I'm Omar. It's okay. That's all. Ah. You know, he sort of always watches over me. Yeah, I think he's my personal angel. Do you remember when you 
told your parents that you had, what you had? My mother always knew that there was something there. What? Well, my mother was deaf. So the if I was hurt in the street playing, she came flying out of the house. She knew if my mother was sick in the hospital and I was in New York, I would fly there without asking because I knew that she was in the hospital. And But she always knew. She said, Ruthie, read my cards. Or, Ruthie, yeah. My father would have, I'm sure, said, oh, you're crazy. But my mother didn't. She knew. Very often, people who have my um, my curse, <laughs> they have had a, a really bad childhood. Yeah, uh, you know there was a very famous um, reader here, a psychic, and she uh, said, if you see a psychic, you know that they have had a bad childhood. Well, yeah. Yeah. In terms of, you know, what made your childhood so bad? Well, I was neglected, terribly neglected, and ridiculed, and do you like my eyes? No. My father used to say, Ruthie and the crazy eyes. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was in sixth grade, in fourth grade, and I came rank six, and I ran home, and I said, look, I'm rank six, and my father said, oh, the teacher's crazy, and that was the end of that. Where were you rank six then? It was for the class ranking. Uh -huh. That's pretty good. Yeah. And there's like 42 kids in the class and it came to rank six. Yeah. Yeah, but I was told I was stupid. How did that make you feel? That, at that time, very bad, very bad, very isolated. Did it keep you up late at night when you were a kid with those Oh things? yeah, the room would get Alice in Wonderland dreams. Rooms would get very, very big, and then all of a sudden they would come in and they would choke me. That's that's known as uh, Alice in Wonderland dreams. A lot of people believe the way I do. I don't care if my family doesn't. You know, they think I'm an eccentric, which I am. You know? Yeah, but early on, that must have been really hard then. It was hard. It was hard. That, It was hard. Because people that have this kind of thing, people like us. They do like us, but they stand away. They're afraid because they can see in the eyes that you know what they're thinking. You know so, what they're feeling. And so it, it was very difficult being a kid. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, definitely. You're not gonna make fun of me. That's that's not the point of what we do. We're we're pretty nice guys. <laughs> Are you concerned at all? Like if you the, you know if people say bad things about you or don't believe what you say, is that yeah, something that I don't care anymore? I never did really care, and I don't try to convince anybody. I'm not there to convert. This is my belief.
The story you just heard was produced by James Kim and Robert Garova, and this concludes this edition of Euphemet. But don't go just yet. We need your help in creating this show, so take part in our survey. Just go to euphemet.com and also join the Society of Euphemet group on Facebook to keep connected so we can keep seeking together. And make sure to follow us at Euphemet on social media. This has been Euphemet. I'm Jim Perry. And until next time, keep looking up. <laughs>